Thank you for tuning in to the Crimson Flow Biblecast podcast. My family and I really and honestly hope that this podcast helps you grow spiritually, get closer to the Lord, and maybe even give you a tad bit of motivation to help spread the word so that maybe your family and friends will find their way closer as well. Before we get started, I'd like to just take a minute to let you hear from our sponsors. Alright everybody, let's get into this on our Wednesday morning devotional brief. And let's see, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about the whole armor of God. Okay, so we've talked about a lot of it in other scriptures, mainly the faith aspect of it, the um, shield of faith that will quench the fiery darts that are shot at you. But now let's talk about how we fight back using the sword of the spirit, okay? Now, keep in mind, Jesus... When he was on the way to be nailed on the cross, not once did he ever cuss them out, slander them, whatnot. He never said anything back. He he bit his tongue the whole time. That's astonishing to me, because if somebody was beating the crap out of me, I don't know if I could stay silent. I mean, yeah, I would probably yell in pain, but I mean, I might add some exploratives. I'd hate to say that I would, but I, I mean, it's probably true. So what I'm trying to say with that is use the sword of the Spirit to be a reason to be a jerk for Jesus because jerks for Jesus do not exist. Okay, You cannot be a jerk for Jesus and show the loving and nurturing and nurturing and healing side of him. Okay, That's not called for because that's not who Jesus was and that's not how he was. He taught and it was up to you to, to make that decision to change your life to his ways. Otherwise, I mean... We all know the other direction. So, in order to kind of evaluate a position in Jesus' life that he was tempted, I figured we would talk about the Garden of Gethsemane, where the devil himself, Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, tempted Jesus himself. Okay? It is in the book of Matthew, chapter 4. And don't worry, guys, it's much shorter than yesterday's. That was a lot to read. I had forgotten how long that story was, okay? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, if you think about it, the whole story kind of runs together in your head, and you think, well, that's just a few verses. Well, it was about two pages. So, this one's a lot shorter, and we'll go ahead and get into it. It's verse 1. It says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness and tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward hungered, and when the tempter came to him, and he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But when he answered him and said, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him upon a pinnacle of the temple. And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall... Give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. 
Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written that thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Well, see, it's shorter than yesterday's, but pretty meaty instead. I'll probably talk for the rest of the time. Let's just take it back to the beginning. Jesus was fasting and praying, and I believe a lot of this, he was just reconnecting with the Father. Uh, He was trying to spiritually power up, even though he is God, but he was human enough that at that instance, he needed to connect to recharge, and he was fasting, and when he came out of it, after 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So the first thing the devil did was come up to him and tempt him with food. Said, if you're God, change those stones into food, into bread. Then what does Jesus do? He looks at him and says, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by the every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And what's that? That's the word of the Lord, obviously, but it is the Bible. Okay, and later on in Acts, he talks about how, you know, when they was in the upper room, and he talks about the bread, and he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which was broken for you. He also mentions in there somewhere that the Word of God is his meat, and that we should feast on him daily. So the Bible is the the literal word flesh of Jesus himself metaphorically speaking but still he commands us to feast on him daily in the sense of reading the Bible we should read the Bible daily and that's another reason why I started this because I know some people do get busy and if at a start just by starting to listen to somebody else read it to you and do like a daily devotional and where they explain it to you you know, it might trigger something in your head. You get that habit built up. And make, you might start reading it for yourself. And all will be well, okay? And it'll help you grow spiritually. Hopefully. I pray that it does. So he says, Every man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Or out of God. Is what he said. Because let's stop and think about that as well. Has there ever been a time where you've been hungry, but you don't know what you've been hungry for? Just you, you eat stuff and you eat stuff, but it just doesn't fill it up. Well, spiritually, there's always going to be a hole if you never read your Bible. There's always going to be that one thing that you cannot satisfy yourself. You try with money, everything. Money, worldly items, nothing seems to fill that hole. There's the meat that fills it. Right on this page. You know, not the this page in general, but the whole book. But let's move on. Of course, then the devil zapped him up, I guess, teleported, took him to a, the top of the pinnacle of one of the temples, and he basically follows up with another one of those, well, if you're God, get yourself down. And he basically fires back and says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, because it is written... See, notice every time, and you'll see this in the next one too, that every time he 
pushes the devil away, he says, it is written. Because it is already written in the scriptures. Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. So the Old Testament is exactly the same laws in the New Testament. It's just presented a different way. That's what I feel like. I feel like the Old Testament is the same exact stuff as the New Testament, but it's kind of like a new covenant. It's the same rules presented a different way. And then we also have Jesus, and we no longer have to sacrifice our own or offer sacrifices up unto the Lord. We now have a one sacrifice for all, which is the Lamb, Jesus, His blood shed for us all. That is the sacrifice that gets us our redemption if we accept it we have to accept it and we also have to be born again redeemed under his blood so that when he looks at us in the judgment he sees his blood and he doesn't see our sins because it will mask over top of it making it invisible to him and the devil will be constantly trying to tell you you've done this you've done that he'll never love you he'll never he'll never let you in he'll this this and this but what matters is, is if that blood of Jesus is over top, our sins, they are forgotten. Not only are they forgiven, but they are forgotten. You know, I don't know for certain, but I'm pretty sure somewhere in the Bible says that the sins of the forgiven are cast into a bottomless pit, never to be seen again. And just hearing that part should get you excited, knowing that once you've accepted Jesus in your life and you start to change your life, that everything you've done in the past is gone, forgotten, never to be seen again, that no matter how much it's brought up against you, you should not let it bother you. You should look ahead to what you're doing. Are you doing it for the Lord? Are you doing it for this or that? You know, figure out where you're going in life. Look up to the skies and see what you are doing in life. And is it going to glorify God or is it is, is it going to glorify yourself? And do away with what glorifies yourself. And honestly, that leads right into our next point. Because Satan took him up to a mountain and said, Look, I will give you all of this. Every mountain, every pathway, every, every hill, valley, ridge. You get it all. If you bow down to me. He even tried twisting the words around. In the last temptation. He tried twisting the words around in that one. It said it is written. He shall give his angels charge commanding thee. But that was in the last one. And, and it still. Applies. And I should have mentioned that earlier. And it was kind of a detour. I'm sorry. But. He, the devil. Has since the beginning of humanity. Tried to take God's word itself. Twist it just enough that it takes you off that straight and narrow path. Just enough that you veer off. And eventually you're you're way far off the path and it's hard to get back. Look at Eve. Eve told the devil, saying basically exactly what God had told her. That if ye eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that ye shall surely be condemned. And then what does Satan do? He comes right behind her and says, No, that's not what he meant. He meant that you will be like God. You will know everything that he knows. You will see everything that he sees. You will be just like him. So, what did Eve do? She got... The bright idea that she wanted to be like that. Well, she took upon the apple. 
and then led her husband to taking part of the apple too. Now, whether you believe it was an actual apple, because the Bible just says fruit. And in in a lot of aspects, the Bible uh, uses the term fruit as like an action. Some people believe that it was an action more than it was taking the fruit. And really, does that really matter? You know, I mean, it it does in a sense of what you just want to personally believe. But stop and think, spiritually, does that matter? I mean, some people will argue on day's end over that. But the point is... The devil twisted the words around just so that Eve would think that she was doing for good, even though God told her specifically not to. And I got a little sidetracked, but let's get back to the last one. And, you know, he's telling Jesus, I'll give you all this, but you got to denounce God and serve me. You got to bow down to me and I will give you everything. I will give you command over everything. Which we all know that was a lie because the only thing Satan can do is lie. He's the father of lies. And everything that spew out of his mouth is a lie. But then Jesus said back to him, he said, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So in other words, You cannot fight spiritual evil if you do not have the sword of the spirit which is the knowledge of the Bible how can you fight spiritual evil if you don't know what these words say you must read and feast on it I encourage everybody to read something more than a verse because I know we all have these apps these Bible apps that say here have your verse of the day, which is fine. I'm not denouncing that at all. It's good to have a verse of the day. Kind of gives you a little spiritual spunk to start your day because when you wake up, you first see that. But read more than a verse. Read a chapter. Read two chapters. Let God lead you to read what he wants you to read. Pray and ask him what, what you should read. He'll let you know. Especially if you do it more than once. Then you'll get in a habit. And before you know it, you're going to find that there's so many stories, so much meat and packed full of shock and awe. There's a lot of stuff in the Bible that gets missed because we only go by what's put on Facebook. Put, you know, the little scriptures that's turned into memes or put everywhere, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. If you read the Bible, all those stories come to life like a book, which it is a book, a bunch of books put together. It's the Word of God. It is a handwritten letter from God to His people for them to use to, one, grow their spirituality and relationship with Him, and two, fight off the enemy. It is an instruction book to fight off the enemy. So that's all I've got today. I figured we would cover the sword of the spirit. And that was the best way I knew how. So I hope this just really entices you, helps you grow, and extend that relationship with our Lord. So I want to thank you all for listening. God bless you all.
and I'll see y'all next time.